What's up, everybody? I am Travis here. Welcome to another episode of this freaking show. It is a weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. This same weekly podcast is brought to you by the Fire Pit Barn Grill of Pietro, Illinois. If you're looking for a down-home country restaurant that offers you a burger and beer for just $7.99 every Monday and Wednesday, 75-cent wing on Tuesday, and free bingo on Thursday. Plus, with the weather getting nice outside, obviously they're going to have um, bands on their patio. So make sure you check out the Fire Pit Bar and Grill every single day of the week because there's always something going on down there. And you can check them out at Facebook at Fire Pit Bar. Uh, late late show this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But at least we get the show out every week because I cannot be the weekly podcast without being there every single week. Uh, I'm really excited for this week because uh, baseball, uh, technically baseball season already started this past week with the uh, Mariners. Uh, opening up against, um, I believe it was, uh, I'm going to say Oakland, uh, out there in um, Tokyo. So, uh, super excited. I didn't get a chance to see them because I think the games are at like 4 in the morning here. But I'll probably go back and check out the highlights and everything. Uh, but obviously, starting next week, I'm really excited because the White Sox are playing um, their games. It's Cubs as well, if you're a Cubs fan, that's fine too. Uh, but I'm really excited because I'm not doing this alone uh, for the uh, first time ever, ever, ever. A uh, family member of mine is coming on the show to talk to me about baseball, uh, my Uncle Andy. So I'm going to talk to him for a little bit, kind of about, um, you know, what's going on uh, in baseball itself, going on in the major leagues, as far as some of the rule changes, some of the contracts that kind of uh, happened over the past uh, season, or off season, I guess I should say, as well as we're going to do our uh, bracket prediction. Now, if you remember a couple years ago, I did do a bracket prediction with um, GCR from Geekcast Live. Had a lot of fun doing it, so I'm excited to do it again this year. Uh, and a lot more fun to do with a family member because if I know my Uncle Andy like I know I know my Uncle Andy, uh, I would love to beat him in this because uh, it would be fun to do. So, um, Uncle Andy, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, Travis. Looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, First time in front of a microphone, so I, uh, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't really look forward to this. I mean, <laughs> trust me, Like if, at some point, you're going to be like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> so It's funny, coaching big games and stuff like that, but it's not the same as sitting in front of the computer in front of the microphone. Right? Well, it's, it's different. Th- that's what's weird because, like, and I obviously, I never coached anything, but I think from what I can see, the difference is, like, you're focusing so much on the game that you don't have to worry about everyone else, where now you're focusing on the one thing where everybody's going to be able to uh, kind of focus on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, just uh, just relax, have a good time. Um, a couple things about the show. It was just kind of banter and bullshit. There's not going to be anything. You don't got to worry about swearing because we do have that explicit not safe for work thing. Um, <laughs> so pretty, pretty down there is pretty simple, but... Uh, the biggest thing I always start out with uh, is I want my guests to kind of give everyone like a little background on who they are, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about your background because I mean between playing baseball, playing softball, coaching baseball, coaching softball, you have such um, a knowledge of like the game and such a history of it. You kind of just want to like give everyone a quick background and kind of where it all started for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, subpar baseball player growing up here in Little Piatone, but um, had a had a knack for. Uh, just understanding and reading and things happening around me. And uh, when uh, the day my son was born, really got heavily involved in uh, in uh, coaching. Played, you know, slow pitch softball along the way, which we all know that's nothing better than a good beer league. But, <laughs> you know, but uh, um, really developed my skills in coaching, um, going through classes, different things. I had uh, been taught by the pitching coach from the California Angels back in the day when they were the California Angels. Um, to um, coaching uh, people's uh, sons that used to play in MLB, um, like a Cole Tucker. And, um, you know, it's just, it, there's there's a lot of cool different things that, that I've done and um, and learned a lot about the game. But I coached at a very high level uh, in competitive baseball and then coached uh, uh, fast pitch softball, same thing, competitive level. And then um, also coached a little bit of high school uh, with, with both sports, so... Now I'm just working like hell and <laughs> done coaching. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I can't remember what year it was, but you, uh, you ended up moving out to Arizona back in uh, '99. Yeah, and um, as you know, obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned um, Sean growing up and everything, and as he developed more into baseball, uh, you start work uh, start working with uh, travel league to actually create a uh, travel mm-hmm. league, the uh, Prowlers out there. That is correct. That is um, Kind of want to dive into uh, like what the problems were and everything, and I think you also mentioned that uh, there were some uh, players that came out of the problems that potentially even made uh, minor league baseball. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, uh, there is one that is, uh, that has just been done, has just done an outstanding job, which is Cole Tucker, um, come through the, uh, pirates, uh, uh, system. And, uh, he, uh, was first round pick, uh, 24th with the pirates and, um, he's doing a nice job, uh, just keeps moving up. Um, he's got a few outings with the pirates this year in, um, in uh, spring training. So it's always exciting to see kids that you coach and have a relationship with and watch them build their career and become good, good people in society. So. Gotcha. So, um, we also mentioned, uh, now you, so you did the travel, you did travel baseball in Arizona, which obviously because of the weather and everything out West and everything, it was a year round thing. Mm -hmm. Now, when you moved back to uh, Illinois back in uh, 2000 and we're going to say five just for the hell of it because I can't remember it. That was close, right? It's got to be five, right? It's down five. What's that? Been back? Moved back uh, 2010, so it's been nine years. Same thing. <laughs> same, same thing. Nine years, 14 years. There's yeah, whatever. What the hell? Right? I do my research. Even with his family, I fucking dumpster fire this thing, man. So, <laughs> but you, uh, you, you, you brought the powers out here. You know, you yes. brought that uh, that concept of travel league and everything. Obviously, it's not a year round thing, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, so Sean was in baseball pretty much his whole life. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did the math on it, and since he was seven years old, he had um, an average of 100 to 125 practices a year and played about 100 to 110 games a year from the age of seven until he was 18 years old. So he uh, he definitely, and like I always told him, you may not be the best on the field, but be the yeah. smartest on the field. You know, you got to be smarter than the guy next mm -hmm. to you. So. And one of the cool things that um... – I kind of uh, acknowledged over watching, like, you know, the baseball and everything you're doing <clears throat> is you helped Sean um, practice switch hitting. But you also yes. you also taught a lot of your other players to switch yeah, hit, too. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, in your opinion, I mean, you're probably going to tell me absolutely yes. And that's why I said, like, I don't know shit about baseball. I just like talking about it. <laughs> um, is there a true benefit to switch hitting? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is that what you got to do is try to understand. And, and what I tried to develop Sean around um uh, was my boy at uh, at uh, third base for the Braves for many years, Chipper Jones. And Chipper Jones, to me, was the um, uh, strong, short guy that could just build power and but had a, had a good, smooth glove, had a good understanding of the game. Um, may not have been the best guy to sit around and talk with, but he sure got it done on the field. So what I did is I tried to break him down and then take that same thing in with the boys that, you know, where it would fit the scheme with them. So, and that's what I did with Sean. And let me tell you, there is, um, I had a drill for, for anybody that we flipped over on the other side, whether you were lefty wanting to hit righty or righty wanting to hit lefty. Um, I'd put a 16 ounce sandbag on the end of a bat and I would make them swing in slow motion in their room, a 300 swings a night in slow motion with a proper form yeah. and follow through. And Sean used to hate it, but man, he could smack it. So, and this goes back to, I think about 11 years old is when we started flipping some of the kids to the opposite. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, you know, when you look at like, you know, Sean's uh, ability to play the sport uh, compared to mine, obviously uh, baseball isn't a genetic thing. Because I remember, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but you have to. Um, we did co-ed softball. I put together yeah. a co-ed softball team, yep. and you played and everything. Um, you played for my team. Sean Cam played for my team. Uh, you put together a team. I wasn't invited. That's totally okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But uh, I remember uh, I was talking to you about about hitting, about how like I wasn't really great at it, and you wanted to do this um, this practice. I'm sure there's a real name for it, but you basically just stand. On the opposite end of uh, on the opposite side of the plate, toss the ball up into the um, the uh, net, strike zone, yeah, and well, then I hit it out. Right. Well, I whiffed it probably a good like seven out of ten times. Right. So obviously, I'm not great at it. I get why I wasn't invited. That's fine. It was you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so when it when it comes to baseball, then um, do you believe that baseball is something that you have to learn at such a young age, like five, six, seven years older? Could it be possible that someone has such natural talent that they could start it out in high school and go on to have a great career and stuff well, like that? I'll tell you. I mean, when it when it comes to the MLB, it's it just no different than the MLB. And what we look for as coaches when we were developing high level players is the fact that you always want to. You can always teach a kid a, mm -hmm. a good glove, okay? But there's a natural ability when it comes to hitting. Yeah. Okay, so everybody can hit at some sort of level, but you can only tweak and adjust so much 
because there's such a mental aspect to it, you only have control of your mental aspect. So as a coach, you can only develop that player so much. So like for the example, when I would throw that ball up and you would swing through it and miss it, my thought process is I'm breaking it down going, where, where do the failures come in to make that happen? Yeah. Okay. And failure is important guys. Just so we all know, baseball failure is the majority of everything you do. So uh, I would sit there and look and I'll go, okay, I'd say, all right, Travis's eyes are moving from here to here. Um, when he goes to lean back, what happens is, is the level eye level plane changes when that happens, you you actually take yourself out of things. Mm-hmm. So again, that's one of those hard things to do. But but I'll tell you what, you can always teach a kid to play catch. That's why if you're a good hitter, or I should say a great hitter in high school, you got a really good shot at moving on to the next level, even if you don't have a great glove, because you can always be taught how to have a great glove. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, th- I think that I did pretty well as far as fielding. Right. I mean, obviously. Yep. Um, a couple bruises here and there. Oh, jeez. I... <laughs> I couldn't count how many times you cringe when a ball came back up the middle. And what's weird is, like, I mean, again, it, it comes down to your knowledge of, like, the sports, whether it be baseball or softball or whatever. You know, I saw it uh, I saw it as that I, you know, just pitched the ball, the guy hit it, it went back up the middle. But you were able to tell me, you know, you were able to determine just by looking at the swing if it was an intentional thing or if yes. maybe I just pitched the yep. ball too far outside and right. they pulled it and some right. of that. So it's it's really interesting to see how people have an eye for that thing and right. how you made such a career. Now, how how long from beginning to now is your coaching career then? Uh, so coaching started in two thousand and two, so the last seventeen years. Okay, and I think I mean I think obviously you know when you sit there and look at um, a lot of your accomplishment uh, accomplishments, a lot of things mm-hmm. that you achieved from. Coaching, I'm going to assume that the biggest thing that came out of it, no matter what, like anything else is, it was probably that one home run I hit in co-ed softball. <laughs> That's sitting here in front of us. That's right there. Hell yeah. I put the date and everything. October 19th, 2013. I finally hit a home run. And I ran the bases. You're not supposed to do that. You know. Nope. Hey, you got to enjoy your you got to enjoy your first one. Absolutely. I, I, I retired after that. You, you know what's funny is I remember my last home run. Mm-hmm. And and I and it makes me laugh because I'm such a I'm a singles hitter. I, I hit base hits. Yeah. I'm, I'm too old and slow. So I kind of laugh <laughs> when I hit my last one. And my dad happened to be in Arizona visiting me, and it was a 315 foot fence. So it was a pretty good bump, yeah. right? Well, my dad was playing pool with Sean up in the in the game room, and both of them missed my home run, my last <laughs> home run I ever hit. God darn it. <laughs> But you always remember them, whether it's your first one or your last one. You always remember. Hell yeah, I, I remember my only one. So, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stole the ball. I didn't care. I didn't care to run low on them. It didn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, right? right. That's mine. It's worth four bucks. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you weren't the only one who uh, did softball. I mean, obviously your brother um, Rob, he yep. was in softball, and everything. Yep. He actually got inducted into the uh, NSA Hall of Fame, and that was back in what 2017. No, it was back in uh, 2012. Was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Yeah, 2012 he's inducted. What the hell is yeah. my time doing? Yeah. I mean, holy yep. shit. But that was awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, So, kind of dive into uh, Major League Baseball and everything, because that's what we're here for. Yep. Um, now, a lot of things are obviously changing within the uh, sport itself. A lot of things have changed in yep. the past. And I kind of just want to get your opinion on how you feel as a coach, because obviously – a lot of the uh, – I mean, the same rules apply in baseball, whether it be the major leagues, the minor leagues, travel baseball, anything like that. They try to keep everything consistent because it teaches them a concept as they grow up. Absolutely. So um, we've heard a lot about uh, pitch clocks that they're looking to do, potentially starting in, I believe, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe that having a pitch clock benefits or hurts a player, whether it be the pitcher or batter? Do you think it's something that it's – it's something they need as far as, you know, preventing, you know, walking around the mound or coaches going out to visit and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I'm actually a fan of it, um, fan of a time clock, even though I'm, I'm kind of a, a purist when it comes to baseball. You know, the, the, the strategy of the game is the key to everything that goes on in baseball. I mean, it, manager is strategy versus strategy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, I mean, we saw that when Joe Madden almost choked with the Cubs in the World Series with Cleveland. Um, pitching changes, you know, and, and he should have left Hendricks in and he went to Lester. It, it was just a mess. So, it, but he got lucky. You know, it worked out in his favor. But I, I'm a fan of it because, you know, you know what happens is, is as a hitter, you're, you're such 
it's such a difficult process to go up there and hit a ball that's coming in 90 some miles an hour and then hit a changeup. They try to get a changeup coming at you 70, but it's when that pitcher throws that 95 mile an hour fastball and then takes his time around the mound and, and, and it really takes off your judgment and it really throws you off. So it is a cat and mouse game. Yeah. So I think by limiting it that, it'll actually give the hitters a little more of an advantage. So Okay. <laughs> um what uh what's your thoughts on uh the intentional walk now to where it's not four pitches out, it's just a coach saying, Hey, go on and take the walk which again benefits their pitcher on limiting you know additional four pitches thrown, but at the same time it kinda takes away from the hitter potentially taking a screw up uh throw that they may be able to put into play or a pass ball that could run in like a third base or a guy who's at third base or something like that. Absolutely. I'm I'm not a fan of that. Um that was utilized in travel baseball. Um, with U Triple SA, and then it was different from that to um, NSA. There was just so many different rules ASA, and I'm always a big fan of making that that kid learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. That professional baseball player ought to be able to do that. And and again, it, it, I know it's not a full blown pitch, so it's it's not it's not truly a hard thrown ball, yeah. but it still takes um, some skill to make sure you place the ball where the catcher wants it. So I'm not a fan of that at all okay. whatsoever. Uh, probably the biggest thing that a lot of people uh, have a um, an issue with or a lot of input on is the designated hitter. Yeah, and, I, and actually, even though I am a kind of a purist, um, I will have to say I know that there's a conversation about the ML or about National League picking it up, mm-hmm. and um, I actually like the idea of the good hitters being able to prolong their career. I mean, yeah. we saw that in uh, in Boston. You know, and I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan with Big Poppy, obviously. Um, I, I, I am a fan of seeing these guys still go out there and being able to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of us know that the last thing we want to do is go up and watch a pitcher hit because it's just the ugliest thing ever. As a coach, I hated it. You know, as a pitcher, when I was, in, you know, it just, it, it, I would rather focus on what my job was, which was to throw balls and strikes, yeah. you know, and try to get hitters out. Yeah, and, and I'm in the same boat. I do agree. I, I like I liked the DH thing just because it, it gives a longevity to, like, certain players. Sure. Um, Especially, like, when you sit there and you look like uh, Ichiro. I think he's turning, like, 45 this year, yeah. and he's still playing. I mean, to have – I mean, even the Mariners, to have him on the uh, team to even play, I don't know how much time he's really going to have playing because of all the younger guys that they brought up. But to have him to DH and everything right. really benefits him because I and I hear a lot of things and I don't I've never really watched a lot of each role just because I've never been a huge Mariners fan right. Yankees fan Marlins fan whatever he was playing and we, we can't stay up late enough to watch West exactly games right <laughs> <laughs> exactly and um but everyone keeps saying that you know regardless of like you know the the hits that he got and everything like he could crush a home run like easily he just chooses not to right now do you find that there's a like a positive in that aspect. I mean, like, I mean, because yeah. sometimes I, mean, I, I think when he started, he was like lead off of the Mariners. Well, as as a coach or as a baseball player, you are you are judged upon how many times you can get on a base. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether he's standing on second or on first, it didn't matter. His goal was to get on base, and he had the ability and the speed to get himself into scoring okay. position. So that I, I think it's a really smart move. And actually, when I used to work with Sean on the opposite side hitting, that was what the style Sean I taught Sean. So yeah. you could hit the Chipper Jones style for power, or you could hit the nice little lazy looper over the shortstop's head in the shallow left, yeah. get on first, then steal second. Okay. So, And I think Ashiro just was a master at that. Yeah. Absolute master. All right. Uh, to talk about Chipper again real quick, uh, since you brought him up, um, I'm not sure if this is true or not. I don't know how much of your knowledge on Chipper Jones there is. But I heard a lot that uh, whether he was batting right-handed or left-handed, he always used a different bat. Correct. Like, like one side was heavier, one side was lighter. One was like a brown heavy bat, one was right. like a black lighter bat. Yep. Now, what was the purpose of that? Yeah, it's just it's just how fast you can get through the zone. So it, it just comes down to who you're comfortable with, your bat speed. So obviously the MLB guys, they have all these different you know statistics mm-hmm. for them, and it shows them. So if it's showing him being a little bit late um, on or, or somebody's – pitching him inside, he would have his bat, you could have a balanced bat and loaded, whatever it may be, then you could make your adjustments, shorter bat, longer bat. So, I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that you can do, and that's the advantage of being a a pro and having the money or the backing to have the wood, you know, all the different bats. Okay. Um, Going back to changes in baseball, what about the uh, 
the collision at home plate and how they took that away. Uh, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Plain and simple. Take, takes away the purity. Uh, absolutely, of it all. absolutely. I mean, you can always go back to the All Star game when Pete Rose took out, and I can't even remember his name. And he actually ultimately ended the guy's career. But you know what? That's part of the game. You want to be yeah. a catcher. You want to be the big boy. Then you stand back there and be the big boy and take yeah. the hit. And you would think, like out of like all the advancements that they made in like protection, you know, they have the new protective helmets. They have the uh, chin guard right. on it. Uh, they're working on. Um, I'm not sure if they're they, – I think they're actually currently using them or they're starting to use them, um, hats for pitchers to use. Right. That have like the – I mean, of all the protection stuff, I mean, like why not have the ability to, you know, run into home plate, have the collision and stuff like that, to hopefully break away a ball to keep your team going. I mean, it, it builds that excitement to the game. Well, you know what's happened is is um, the, the contracts. These contracts got so big, and um, I'm going to forget his name all of a sudden, catcher for um, – for uh, San Francisco Giants. Posey. Posey. When he broke his ankle or leg, lower leg, yeah. on that time at home plate, that's when the uproar began. And it was because, hey, this is our you know, franchise player. We've got all this money invested in him, and now we lost him for the year. And that's when the kind of the big craziness went on about it. And I'm just not a fan. And you know what? Yeah. It's then don't sign them to big contracts behind home plate if that's what you're worried about. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what about... um? challenges now that coaches are able to challenge um, certain plays and everything like are they safe on first or they get tagged out and stuff like that you know i'm not a fan um i i love it in football i'm sorry but you know what that's part of the game is the mistakes the human error mm-hmm. i mean and, and i think that that needs to remain true to the game um if you start judging everything someone does i think yep. you're going to find a lot more mistakes but to the to the naked eye, you don't see that many mistakes. When you really think about it, they really have to put it in slow motion for you to catch anything. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah. And so, and maybe you can explain this a little bit easier. I, th- I think it's, I think it's like a simple knowledge, but like, so if they find a play that doesn't, that they don't agree with, they have a, they have a moment to kind of like double check themselves and challenge right. it. Right. If they do decide to challenge it. Then it's um, New York that actually looks back at everything and decides right. it. Right. So. Well, you know, because back in the day, we always got the area call on double plays. As long as the shortstop was in the area around the bag, yeah. he didn't have to make contact. He just, you know, had to have a clean play. And the mm-hmm. reason behind that was is shortstops didn't want to get hurt at second base. Yeah. So what they do is now they're now you can check that. So well, now the shortstop's got at risk getting, you know, cleated. Yep. And if anybody's ever been cleated by steel cleats, let me tell you, it's not a it's not a fun thing. I played in a men's league in Arizona and in baseball, and I'll tell you, I've been cleated. I played second. It freaking hurts, guys. I mean, yeah. so and I get I get it, you know. And we've had enough broken legs in the MLB. I think the Pirates' second baseman um, got hurt with it, um, and that was due to uh, um, a great player out of the Phillies uh, that that cleated him. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. you know, it's just I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of it, especially because of the double play. Yeah. Do you, yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. Like I, I, I'm also not a big fan of the challenges. I think the final say always needs to rely on the umps, and I think the umps have the ability to, you know, make those decisions, especially being on the field. And even if they were to do the challenges, I think it should rely on the umps in the game watching the camera if they were to do it. Absolutely. The only t- the only time I think I would ever would agree on having a challenge was before the challenges were ever into effect, and that's when the uh, blown uh, perfect game during the uh, Detroit Tigers yeah, game. Yeah, that was a bad I mean, situation. I mean, everyone could tell that they, that. they said that that umpire was in tears after the game, yeah, apologizing I mean, to the to the pitcher. Yeah, I saw the interview he had posted, and yeah. he, he, he admitted, he said he screwed up and he took something away from that guy. Because, I mean, like it wasn't like just an no-hitter. I mean, it was right. a perfect game. Yep. It was that last pitch and everything. And yep. um, So for those, I can see why they had the challenge, but at the same time, it Again, it all comes down to that word purity, right? Like you know, like they they played the same game for a hundred and some odd years. And all of a sudden, they want to change it to either make the game run faster or something like that. It's like the home run derby. Right. How right. now it's a time limit. It's not you know ten outs and that's it because they want to keep everything moving, keep everything fast paced. Because out of every every sport and everything that's nationally broadcast and everyone's into, it's the only non time game. Right. 
Absolutely. And that's what I love about it. There's no clock on it. Mm-hmm. It's you gotta get twenty seven outs. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's just it. You you could go to you go to uh you know, you go to the stadiums uh, around the country and you can watch a game that lasts two and a half hours, you can watch a game that lasts four right. hours. Yep. You know, if if it's tied up, they just they keep on going. It's not like in that's hockey it. where you know you get to a time limit in overtime, <laughs> it just becomes a tie. Right. Or football or however right. it works. I mean there, there's always a definitive winner. Right. And um, I also like the whole, like, you know, home team gets that final advantage, you know, and stuff like that, too. That whole right. time of the ninth right. thing, I think that's yep. pretty cool. You know, and just to, to touch on that, on the on the replay, I would be okay with it in the World Series. Yeah. To have a good, clean, final seven-game series. Mm-hmm. That may be a great, that to me, that would have been a great place to start it and leave it there. Or maybe just the playoffs. Because you know, you know, it, to achieve the playoff is such a difficult task over a hundred and some odd games. That the the fact that it was a hundred and sixty, what is it, one hundred sixty two, one hundred sixty two, one hundred sixty two. So so think about that. I mean, you work so hard to get to that defining yeah. moment, and then it to be taken away by a bad call. I can see where that would be a, a great thing. Yeah. But for the hundred sixty two games, I just don't see it. So okay, all right. Um, so two more questions about opinions, and I kind of want to dive into the contracts and stuff for the yeah. offseason. Um, how do you feel about the change that they made a few years back to uh, have two wild card uh, teams instead of just the one? So now they had the two come in to play that wild card game to move forward. Yeah. Uh, obviously, to probably extend the playoffs just that one extra Correct. game. Correct. But... It's it's to put butts in the seats and get yeah. more TV time. Not a fan. Not a fan. No. I was a fan of the single. Well, I, I just where that one fourth team right. moves yes. in and goes yes. forward. Yes, I, 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 I agree because you know it's one of those things. It could be that team that struggled from you know from May to July, but then just kicked it into gear and just didn't have yeah. enough time to catch up. It at least gives them that advantage. But to give two teams the, that advantage, I think is wrong. I think they should have just stuck with the one. Yeah. So that's where yeah. I'm. So. And uh, also, I mean, obviously, uh, to kind of talk about the home run derby again, real quick. Um, <laughs> I always thought, as um, a benefit to uh, the fans and everything, you pick the top home run leaders in each league and put them in the home run derby. But that's not the case anymore. Now it's a whole. You pick a guy from each league, and they pick their team. And a lot of. Uh, uh, coaches, managers, and teams have sometimes don't even allow their players to be part of it. I mean, Correct. Mike Trout has been in uh, baseball now for, I think, six years, uh, going on seven years, and hasn't played one home run derby. That's because the Angels doesn't want to risk that opportunity, you know, risk him doing that. Um, I did, uh, I heard on to another baseball podcast I listened to from time to time that now they have more incentives, uh, incentives for people yeah. as far as like, you know, uh, the winner gets X amount of dollars. I think they million also get bucks. a million bucks. million bucks. And then participants, they get, you know, I think it was like 2.5 or whatever right. the hell it is. Which, to some people, to some players who go into the home run derby, like Aaron Judge, who is one of the best home run hitters in the game today. Right. You know, whether that be because of the fucking stadium he plays in. Right, right. Yeah. Short uh, porch and right center. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's more money that he makes just off his contract alone. So for him to go into the home run derby to make two point five just to go out there, I mean, he really doesn't have to try so much. But it shows now it gives more people incentive to go and play the game. Right. So, I mean, how, how does that benefit a guy like Aaron Judge who doesn't make that much money every year to a Mike Trout who now that we learned signed a contract where he's averaging thirty six million dollars a year? Well, you know what's funny is I am going to look at this different than you probably thought I would, but as a coach. Um, I am completely against home run derbies, but as a fan, I love watching them. Um, the reason why I'm against them is the last thing I want to do is take my number one home run hitter and put him out there and have something happen with his swing just to win a home run derby. I don't want him dropping his shoulder. I don't want him doing anything. You know, if he goes up there and does a natural hit, a natural swing, totally cool with it. But If this individual may want to win it more than anybody else, yeah. you might get a dip. And to get a dip in the MLB could take you three months to get rid of. That's that's a serious situation. So I get why certain guys don't do it, and I'm sure that's why Angels don't want Mike Trout. Yeah. He is a line drive hitter. If it goes out, it's because he smoked a line drive ball. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the biggest thing behind it. Um, you know, in, in a lot of it, it's it's a lot of showmanship. I've been watching Bryce Har- Harper since he was 15 years old at the Las Vegas Baseball mm-hmm. Academy. Obviously, I you know all the travel ball I coached was in Arizona for the majority, so I knew exactly who he was before anybody else. You know, before the national media, 
And, and, you know, and, and I love Bryce, but the, the fact of the matter is he's, he's a showboat and he's, it's all about Bryce. Um, now that he's got his contract, now it's about Bryce getting it done. So yeah. I get why he did that. I think that was more for his personal. So I think a lot of these guys get in the home run derby yeah. for personal reasons and it has nothing to do with money. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. So. Yeah. See, and this is what I love, especially when talking to you, uh, this is what I love talking to you about baseball because, um, you kind of brought up a couple more questions now that I have. Mm-hmm. So, um, let me remember them for a second here. <laughs> I just had them. <laughs> okay, so um, the worry, so the worry that comes from uh, the home run derby. Yeah. How come that worry is not there during the All Star game? Oh, it's there. It's there. That's they, why. That's why they don't want. That's why they're they have such a deep roster on it because that way other people can get at bats. I can tell you that not one manager wants their pitcher pitching. And again, it comes down to contracts. They have shutdown times. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm only won't let him throw this many innings. Well, guess what? If he threw two innings in the All Star game, that's two less innings he gives to us. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's what it comes down to. That's it's one of those things that, as a manager, you love the or as a manager, you hate the game, but as a fan, you mm-hmm. love the game. When I was a kid, the game. To me, the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby was so pure and so natural. It was awesome. And and there's just too many goofy things. I think everybody wants to hear Chris Berman screaming out, back, 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 back. You know, and I, I just, I yeah. could care less about him doing it. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of a staple in my head, as you could hear. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just there. Right. And uh, coming from a, a coach standpoint, then, um, I'm not sure if uh, you heard uh, Bryce Harper's, uh, one of his many interviews he's done since <laughs> joining the Phillies. Yeah. But he did talk about how he flat out said that he's going for Mike Trout. Right. Now, obviously, again, Mike Trout signed his contract that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But do you feel that there was anything wrong with him saying that, you know, just being honest about it? Just saying, hey, I'm going to try and get Trout here and stuff like that. Like, is there something that's really wrong from a coach or a team standpoint? No, you know what? He's It's smart of him because what it, what he's trying to do is let him know, I want you as a teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played against each other in, in travel ball, so they, they, they're they familiar with each other. And, and Bryce will never be Mike Trout. As, I mean, trust me, my brother Rob will tell you I'm the biggest Bryce Harper fan, but uh, he'll never be Mike Trout. Mike Trout is a generational type player. Yeah. And, and Bryce isn't there. I think he hit 265 last year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, did he get a lot of, he did have RBIs and he did have the walks, which is impressive. But it, nobody on the field right now, even Judge, is, is a Mike Trout. Mike Trout is a special, like I said, generational, the Ted Williams type yeah. of player. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, and obviously, you know, with um, with the contract he just signed, I, I believe it was a thir- it was a 12-year, $450 million contract. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Which averaged out to about thirty six million dollars a year, yeah. biggest contract ever. Yeah, um, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 to me, to me, it makes no sense, especially when it comes to like stuff like that, because you have the Angels, who I guess is in a way is considered a big market team. Not right. they're not up there like with the Yankees, the Cubs, no. the Dodgers, and all that. But to sit there and take $36 million a year to put into one player, how do you build a team around that? that that's exactly it, Travis. And, and you're right. I mean, they don't have the income of the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Cubs. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me because, um, you know, you, you can learn a valuable lesson about people mm-hmm. um, when it comes to caring more about the team than caring about themselves. Yeah. And I, if I was Mike Trout, I'd rather say, here's what you're going to give me for a contract, but I will adjust it every time you need to go after a player because winning a World Series is more important to me yeah. than winning a contract. And and again, it's a generational thing, guys. Like I said, he's a great player, probably the best we'll ever see in this generation. Mm-hmm. But again, his head's on wrong. And, and uh, I just, I, I, I yeah. disappointed in it. Well, especially like, you know, when you sit down and look at because I don't know a lot about contracts other than what I see in MLB, the show I play on PS4. But the the annual salary increases over time or it could mm-hmm. stay the same, however they right. decide it. So if you're averaging $36 million a year, you're not even a good, like, potential trade option no. to many teams unless it is the Dodgers, the Yankees, and that's only if they wipe away a lot of the money that they have Correct. in, especially when I look at Kershaw, yep. who is, you know, supposed to be the best pitcher in all baseball, especially when you start back in like oh seven or something like that. Yeah. Who's making about thirty million dollars a year. Or when you look at the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks is not a big market team in my opinion, but they're paying uh 
Granky like thirty two million dollars <laughs> yeah. a year. Yeah, they, I'm they, pretty sure they're regretting that. Yeah, oh, that was hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> um, and then he did have an okay year last year, but the yeah. year before with the Diamondbacks, it was terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. and I don't, I don't see, um, I don't see the Angels coming to Mike Trout the same way that uh, the Marlins ended up with uh, Stan right. offering him like a boatload of money that right. they realized was a mistake right off the bat because I don't think they have the capability to have that rebuild quite yet. Right. And lucky, you know. Yankees decided, like, yeah, I'll take him. Why not? Right. Um, but now, now I feel that they're going to be stuck with Trout through his entire contract. I don't know um, what his contract entails. I'm not sure if it's like Harper because Harper ended up getting a 13 year, um, $330 million deal. Right. But he has no trades in it. Right. So, um, real quick, we'll just, uh, so Mike Trout got, um, Mike Trout, I think it was 12 years, $430 million. Correct. Bryce Harper was 13 years, $330 million. Manny Machado got 10 years, $300 million. That's the most ridiculous one of them all. That's what I was going to ask you. Out of, <laughs> out of all three, which one is the worst? I, I can tell you right now, as a coach, I wouldn't. Manny Machado is is a good ball player, mm-hmm. but I would never want to coach a guy like that. He's just yeah. not. He's just not one of those. That's not a personality I would want. Um, I think he. I, I you know. I and San Diego's going to find out. <laughs> you know, and I, I listen to uh, Chris uh, Russo, Mad Dog Russo, on. MLB channel every day. And he was just, you know, like he said, he's, he goes, it's just, why throw your money away? You're trying mm-hmm. to build an organization here in San Diego. Yeah. You're trying to build a following, you know, and why would you do that? Mm-hmm. What does he bring? This is the biggest ballpark in all of MLB down in San Diego. He is, his home runs are going to go down. Okay. So I don't, I don't get it. I, I just, I'd rather bring a gap hitter mm-hmm. in that's going to hit nothing but doubles. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I, I was, I was, I was so worried um, when the Sox were going after him. Like I was relieved. No, yeah. Like, like I think when it between Machado and Harper, I would have rather had Harper over Machado, um, just because I know if you find the right left-handed hitter in you know guaranteed right field, right. they you're a Sox fan, right? Absolutely. Like, I probably should have asked yeah. that like the first thing, right? Yeah. Um, also a Diamondbacks fan. That's just because I went to the World know, Series it, Game Seven. And it's weird, like I. Six. Like growing, I mean, I've only lived in Illinois, but I mean, I'm a Sox fan, but I'm st- I'm still I see myself as a, a Diamondbacks fan and also an Orioles fan, mm-hmm. just because I you I don't know what it was about the Orioles, but as a kid growing up, for me, the mm-hmm. Orioles uniform is actually my favorite uniform, and I am a closet Orioles fan just yeah. because of that logo. That was my dream is to someday wear that logo or mm-hmm. my son wear that logo. <laughs> so, it's funny that you said that. That's <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, yeah, there was just something about it, and it might yeah. have been that. Um, I mean, obviously, like you know, I'm I'm too young to remember Cal Ripken Jr. You know, probably one of the best Oreos um, in the league. I mean, I, I know right. there's a lot more, but again, I'm I'm 29 years old. I don't right. know a lot about, right. you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you're man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. So I think I got through all of those. Well, kind of... And here's the th- here's here's the three that I when we talk about those three contracts, here's what I do want to say. Um, Mike Trout, you're going to get the value. He's never going to be able to be at the value of 400 and some million dollars. Okay. He's, but he is going to give you a consistent, great outing every time he comes out right on the field. Yeah. Bryce Harper, he is not going to give you 300, uh, batting average, but what he's going to do is he's going to give you a 260 to 280 batting average. And he's going to be a good glove and he's going to really create some havoc on the field when he's on bases yeah. because he can't get on base because he gets walked a lot mm-hmm. and he's going to put butts in the seats. He's going to sell jerseys. That's a good contract for the Phillies. But to me, it's not good for baseball. And then the Matty Machado. And again, in my mind is the most asinine contract of the year. So. Well, these, these three contracts that got, um, that got signed over the past off season, What's that going to do around the time where Francisco Lindor or Mookie Betts are ready to like sign their free agency contracts? I think it's going to get stupid. I think it's just going to continue to get stupid until the fans say, you know, we can't afford this anymore. Yeah. We can't afford $11 hot dogs and $13 beers. I mean, it's just stupid, yeah. man. Well, when okay, so Mookie Betts and uh, Francisco Lindor, where, if you were to rank them, either are they a Mike Trout or they a Harper or are they a Machado, where do they stand? Because I hear a lot about Francisco Lindor being a Mike Trout. Like, do you feel that he's up to that tier? I don't. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if he's there yet. I would put him in extremely solid baseball players, mm-hmm. and they can put butts in the seats. But are they going to take? Are, are they the type of player that can take you across the finish line? Yeah. Right. And I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I. I guess I don't watch them enough to know if they are. And that's that's 
that's on me, mm-hmm. you know, coaching travel softball last year, missing a lot of MOB games. Yeah. But, you know, I, again, I, I just don't think they're there yet, in my opinion. Okay. So. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on uh, contract manipulation? You know, like uh, Eloy Menez or uh, Vlad Jr., Chris Bryant a couple years back being sent down to the minors for the first like three weeks or four weeks of the, you know, opening um, new season <clears throat> just to get an extra year off of them uh, in arbitration. Okay. Well, a player just remember a player can decide to stay in college instead of going to the MLB just because he doesn't like what team drafted him. Yeah. So just, you know what I mean? Who, who was going to draft them? So I guess it kind of works both ways. We can always have pity for that player mm-hmm. or we're going to miss out a year of that player. Um, but you know what? That's part of the game. Um, you know what? They, they absolutely um, hammer. They absolutely hammer these teams when they get their big contracts. Yeah. Right. So the con- that's when the team gets their base, basically their due back. Is yeah. at the beginning. So. Is the only benefit really to putting off um, signing and going back to school is just to like hone their skills more? I mean, is that the only no. thing? Or is- well, no. There's 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 multiple facets to that. So one of them is it comes down to what is it that you want for a sign-on bonus? Okay, you know. So what 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 is it that you're being offered directly out of high school? Um, most MLB uh, players that I've that I know. Um, what their recommendations always were was a six figure. If you're offered a six figure sign, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be set. You're going to be able to do enough with that money after taxes to really set your life moving forward and still be able to go to college. Right. Um, and then uh, you have to, uh, you, you've got the other factor of you don't like who is offering you the money. You don't want to be a part of that organization. Um, you, you know, and that's the one thing like the Sox. We had, we've had a local uh, teacher here whose son played for the White Sox. Um, unbelievable pitcher. And in, he feels that the White Sox destroyed his arm in the minor leagues. And, and he recommends every kid never to play for the White Sox through the minor mm-hmm. league system. But so, it, again, so you might have those rumors or different things that would make yeah. you decide on when you should go or not. But I'll tell you what, it's it's when it comes to college, I to me I'm a fan of at least two years of college. You get to learn how to live on your own. You get to learn how to live on meal money, right? Yeah. Uh, mommy and daddy aren't there to take care of you every day. Um, it, there's a lot of different factors. So to me, I'm a big fan of college because two more years of working on your tools, your skills, and your personal skills, how to do interviews with TV, radio. Yeah. I think that's just a big part and it should be important. As you can see, Bryce has had help with it because here's a kid, I mean, straight out of high school, he went to junior college for one year just to do it. And, but he's, you know, he got his GED. The kid didn't even finish high school. I mean, think about that. That's how, that's how bad he wanted to move up. Uh And again, I just don't think it's good for you. I think it's important. You're still maturing when you're 18 and 19 years old. So just not a big fan. Now like Cole Tucker, this kid with the kid I was coaching, I coached and he's with the pirates. Great young man. Um, he had a full ride from U of A, and he chose to go with the Pirates. Again, he had a million-dollar-plus offer. Why not? I don't blame him. Not yeah. one bit. So, cool. Let's dive into uh, our brackets. Okay. Um, <laughs> you did. Uh, you went all the way down to the series winner, correct? No. No? Well, but I can you're walk going through to. Yeah, yeah, you're going yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we do this. Cool. <laughs> um, so we're just going to run through the bracket and everything and just uh, pick who we feel is going to end up in the playoffs, right? You know, the winner of each uh, division league, okay. or league's division, uh, the wild cards and stuff like that. And then we're just going to break it down. I mean, obviously, when it comes to baseball, the two wild cards will face each other. The winner of the wild card faces the top seed in the league, and then they can't break down from right, there. Right, right. So. Okay, so uh, let's look at, uh, you want to do, well, I'll let you choose. You're the guest. You want to do American League or National League first? Let's do the American League since it's so simple. There we go. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, who do you have winning the American League East? Uh, Red Sox. Got to be the Red Sox. Yeah, it's got to be. Okay. Um, and and of course, we just found out a little bit ago that yeah. that Chris Sale signed what four year or five year one hundred and forty five million. Yeah. See, look so, at you. you're a better host than me. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that just happened an hour ago. Yeah. So, so I mean, and that's pretty cool. I mean, especially like for a player to get that longevity extension. I mean, yep. even Dallas Keuchel right now is still looking for a. Absolutely. Uh, and I honestly, I think that falls a lot on his manager, uh, yep. who focuses. I think he focuses a little bit too much more on Harper than anything, which I get it. 
But I think that eventually uh, affect uh, Dallas Keiko. Now, I've heard a lot of things, too, that Keiko will eventually be signed, but will probably be following the trade deadline so that or the draft so it doesn't affect the draft pick and stuff of the year. Right. And, and I tell you what, if you take a look, the money he got, he only pitches, what, 28, 30 times a year? So think about that, $145 million yeah. for playing 30 games a year versus 162 games. Think yeah. about where that money dollar value is. But Chris Salesworth. When, uh, a few years back, um, I was talking to a bunch of guys that uh, when I worked at Intertech, and we were talking about um, you know money and everything, like a lot of people do about how like, you know we feel we should get paid more. Um, but I was I was joking with them. I was like, do you guys understand how much Clayton Kershaw makes? And like they really didn't lo- ever look into it. We broke it down like to the second, and that dude makes like, and this is like January first at midnight to December thirty first at like eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> to the second throughout the entire year, that dude makes about forty eight cents every second. That's crazy. Yeah, and that he is only, crazy. And he only plays you know thirty games out of a nine month season. Right, right. So the rest of the time, you know, it's just he's just there. But because right. of the money he's making, now I have no idea what that calculates out to thirty six million dollars a year. That right, that Trout's gonna be playing. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen the numbers, the memes come across yeah, Facebook, and that's funny. So, um, yeah, so Red Red Sox for me out of the East. Okay, yeah, and I I chose the Red Sox too. I think uh, I don't they they didn't have a lot of major changes other than the closer, obviously Kimbrel not being there again. But Kimbrel I think was kind of like on a downhill from last season, anyways. Um, what about uh, the Central? You know what? I th- to me uh, actually I think the AL Central is still in trouble, and I think Cleveland's our only. I I think that's I mean. White Sox are still two years away, so I think it's Cleveland this year. Okay, yeah, and I, I, went, I, I went with, I went with Cleveland as well. I was actually kind of torn between Cleveland and Minnesota because yep. Minnesota's done a lot of moves and they had a lot of young players and everything coming yep. in. Yep. Um, what about um, what about the West? That's a no brainer with the Astros. Astros yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They as long as they're healthy, they are just goodness gracious, they're solid. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I picked the Astros, too. I don't think there's really another team. Maybe Oakland will probably, you know, I know they're getting pretty mm-hmm. good, too, but I don't think they're quite there yet. But right. potentially, they could be a potential wild card, I think, right. maybe next year or something like yep. that. Yep. Uh, well, who are your wild cards in the American League? You got to look at, right, Yankees. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I'm, I and this is just kind of a, a wishful thinking. Yeah. I'd love to see the Angels just because of the fact that, they gave Trout that money. I'd love to be able to see him in the playoffs and showing off his skills, but I, I, I that's where I'm going to go with that. Yankees and Angels? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I chose the Yankees as well, but I also uh, went with the Twins. Yeah. I, I think I think they're going to be like one of those sleepers and stuff like yeah. that. That um, would be good for the Central Division to get two well, teams yeah. I in mean, the playoffs. Especially, yeah. I mean, especially if you look at the White Sox, they're still rebuilding. I don't right. think. I mean, I, Kansas City still. Yeah, Kansas City and then obviously Detroit's they're growing, but they're not gonna be like relevant for some right. time and right. Um so National League then if we look at the National League East. Um Braves all the way. Oh look it, so did I. Did you? <laughs> yeah, they're just young and up and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh I think they're gonna they're following the same footprint as the Cubs did a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, and, which is a smart which is a smart plan. Yeah, so. and I think I think when it comes to twenty nineteen, I think National League East is probably gonna be the um the league to actually watch. Or just because um, you know, bec- between the Nationals, the Phillies, Phillies. Mm-hmm. the Braves, Pittsburgh's there, which I mean I think they're kinda like they're known, but because right. of, you know, the big signing with Harper and right. what the Nationals are doing, how right. I think everyone's so focused on the Nationals finally winning one. Are they able to do it without Harper right. being there? Right, right. Well, and and you got to remember the Mets. You never know what you're going to get from the Mets. They're one of those teams that, for some reason, in that East, they they'll be in first place for three weeks, and the next yeah. thing you know, they're in last place, and you go, "What the hell are they doing?" So I don't know. Yeah. You just never know what yeah. you're going to get from the Mets. That's the, always the unknown. Yeah, so. and the big, I think the biggest thing with them too, it comes down to their pitching. I mean, right. they have a they have a great pitching right. staff. Right. I I still understand the whole like, the whole like. Um, Older players they have like I don't understand the Mariners trade with Cano to the Mets and everything. Right. Um, and uh, oh, who's their third baseman? He was um, he was with the Reds and the Sox. Yeah. Uh, um, God, it starts with a Z, guys. I can't remember. I uh, it'll come to me. It'll yeah. probably come to yeah. me when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, National League uh, Central. National League Central Brewers all the way. Yep. So so yeah, me too. I, I I'm I'm praying for him. 
<laughs> Anybody but the Cubs, right? Yeah, and, and they actually, and since they actually finally um, gave that uh, Mustakas uh, contract, actually signing him, I mean, he produced pretty well for yes. them last year, yep. Yep. and I think that's going to really help them uh, when it comes down to the noises on my computer not happening anymore. Um, yeah, I think it's going to really help them, especially when they get back into the playoffs and yeah. having Christian Yelich in the outfield. Yep. Uh, Kane is it. Kane's in center field. Yeah, and 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 they're also um, it's between them and the Braves right now for Kimbrel. Yes. So if yeah. they pick up Kimbrel, that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a game changer for them. Yeah, and um, obviously I think Braun he's really there, but yeah, he's yeah. more. I think he's there for more for team leader type situation yeah. than he is anything else. Yeah, and then um, I think I mean to me National League West is a no brainer to me, but yeah. yeah, Dodgers. Dodgers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How about your wild cards? Um, I'm going to say the Cubs and the Rockies. Uh, I chose uh, Cubs and Nationals. Yeah? Yeah. I, th- I think the Nationals, like, I think with Al Harper, they should still be able to make um, the uh, postseason. It's probably really dumb to try to pick them, especially with the National League East. But uh, I still have a lot of hope for their pitching staff between Strasburg and Scherzer and, right. you know, what's going on with that. And I don't think the one player, whether it be Harper or not, I don't think that one player is going to make a huge difference in their mm-hmm. game. Um, I think, uh, you know, with Adam Eaton, I think he's still one of the best outfielders in the game. I think he's going to help produce as long as he can stay healthy. That's going to help out. Yep. Um, they got that young, uh, I believe he's a shortstop out there now. They, they have a new outfielder yep. and everything. I think that's really going to help out. Yep, for sure. So, all right, so uh, when you look at playoffs, so who's winning your wild card game? I don't, I am, uh, Yankees. Yankees? Yeah. Okay. Uh, between Yankees and Twins, for me, the Yankees win. I put the Yankees going against the Sox. I think the Sox have the best record uh, in the league. Mm-hmm. So, who did you, who did you, well, who who is your wild card playing? Oh, Red Sox. Sox? Yeah, yeah. Who's winning that one? Oh, Red Sox. Was that? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then uh, you also chose uh, Cleveland and uh, Strohs. Right. Strohs come through there. Strohs. Yep. Okay. Strohs took on the Indians for me, so the Astros win that one. So Sox take on the Astros. Who's winning that? Um, Red Sox. Okay. I'm a, I'm a no doubter for the Red Sox. I picked the Astros. Good for you. Good for you. Right. Yeah. I love the Astros. You know what? I I love them. It, yeah. it, it just. I absolutely love everything about their team. Mm-hmm. I just think the Red Sox paid more and got more. Yeah. That's all. That's I all you. I think. Um, your uh, your National League wild cards. Who won? Um, Rockies all the way. Rockies? Yep. Okay. Uh, so for me, between the Nationals and Cubs, I picked the Nationals. And they're going against who I believe to be the top team in the National League, which is the Dodgers. Mm. Did you pick the Dodgers for the top two? or I did too. Okay. No, no, no. I have. I, uh, I'm sorry. I had the Brewers as my top. Brewers. Brewers is my top. All right. So Brewers are taking on the Rockies. Yep. Who's uh, winning that? Brewers. Brewers. Yep. I uh, I picked the Dodgers to uh, beat out the Wild Card Nats uh, on mm-hmm. my side. Um, for me, it leaves uh, the Brewers and the Braves. And uh, who'd you got left? I, that would leave me with the Dodgers, Braves, and I'm actually taking the Braves. The Braves are the Dodgers. Yep. yep. Okay. Um. I chose the Brewers, uh, beating out um, the Braves. For me, Dodgers took on Brewers and Dodgers won. So yeah, I, I put the Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah, well, I I f- firmly believe that the Brewers will be in the. the I, think, I think it's going to be a Brewers Red Sox. Okay, well, I got I got Astros and Dodgers. Yeah. So who uh, who wins your World Series overall? Uh Red Sox. Red Sox. Yep. So they're going to repeat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I picked the Astros to win. Good. Yeah. I, hey, I, I would I would have no yeah. trouble with that. That wouldn't bother me at all. Um, I would love to see a small market team. Yeah, and, yeah, and to me, Houston's is still a small market. It's not yeah. in New York or Chicago. If if I had to choose any team right now who I think does have the potential to win the World Series, I would love to see the Rockies. But I don't think they, the Rockies ever won a World Series. I think they've been to like one. I know. Um, so they would definitely be awesome to see win. Um, I would love to see, you know, even the Mariners, because I don't think the Mariners ever made a World Series yet. No. I would love to see them go. Problem is, I hate Seattle fans just because of football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just honesty. Man. <laughs> yeah, just no, honesty. no, absolutely. Their um, fans drive me nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I would love to see them. I just, the Mariners, I don't think, have done a lot as of right now to make a uh, playoff uh, berth, is what they call it. Right. But, no, I mean, I, I would love to see the Rockies win if they could, but. 
Um, yeah, no, we're going to hold on to these. We're going to see how the playoffs um, go. And then, obviously, uh, when I did this uh, a couple years back with uh, GCR, we had a little bet on it to where the loser had to do a shot of Malort. No. Oh, no way. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not saying we're going to do that. But um, at least the loser of this has to buy the winner a drink. Absolutely. Just, just a drink of the winner's Absolutely. Choice. Doesn't have to be Malort. Okay. Trust me, I'm not a fan it's... of the shit either. All right. <laughs> That's why I won. DCR still never took the shot yet. Oh. Still holding it to him. Oh, he can't do that. <clears throat> yeah. So, awesome. Um, Is there anything else baseball related you think we may have missed? Yeah, there's a couple about? things that I want to, I think that we should pay attention to that I thought I found interesting reading. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that was interesting to me is the age trend is down pretty heavy in the MLB right now. And it's been a, it's been a pretty steady trend. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be interesting because I think the game's going to evolve in a different way for guys like me who are in my upper forties. That's yeah. going to be uncomfortable where you guys that are younger in your 30, young thirties and twenties. I think maybe you'll find exciting. Um, but it's, again, I think you're going to see some changes in the game just the way it's played. Yeah. I grew up around the small ball bunting and all that. Now it's all about home runs and strikeouts. Going into strikeouts, we're seeing we're seeing pitchers nowadays, and you'll you pay attention to this, but we're seeing more sliders than sinkers. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason why pitchers used to throw sinkers all the time was to get ground balls. As a pitcher, you always wanted a ground ball. I could care less of, as a coach, I care less about strikeouts, give me ground balls, right? My infield was solid all, always. Well, now we're seeing an increase in walks in the MLB due to guys trying to strike people out Mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, just getting a ground ball, which then is actually leading to right now, there are more walks ever in the history of the game. And there's more strikeouts. Yeah. So when you start thinking about it, I mean, we were talking about this last night at the bar. All right. Chatwood, the average pitcher throws 28 games a year, okay? Chatwood for the Cubs pitched 22, and he still led the MLB in walks. At one point, he had a one-to-one ratio. For every strikeout, he had a walk. That is terrible, absolutely horrible. You know, you want to be a three-to-one, a four-to-one, a five-to-one. I mean, that is just unbelievable. So I think it's it's sad, and you think about it, Chatwood's probably going to be the Cubs' five-starter. I mean, so... For that to be a five man in your rotation is just brutal, um, but I, I just I, I think we're seeing some weird, interesting trends that, to me, I was just again, give me a ground ball all day. I know my infielders can play it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. So those are just some of the things that, to me, I'm going to pay attention to. Yeah, and, and it has it has been some that's been noticed, especially over the years. Like you know, when you look at leadoff hitters, like. Um, God, I can't remember. I wish I remember names and stuff like that. But um, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. You know, they, you know, the leadoff hitter always looked at, like, speed and, like, getting the ball and playing everything. Like you mentioned, the bunt, the small ball. It's not that – it's not like that anymore. Now mm-hmm. you got, like, leadoff hitters like Manny Machado who, right. you know, they want to crush the ball. Yeah, they still got speed. So if they get on base, they get on base. But right. he wants to hit the ball out of the park. I think there were some times where even uh, Mike Trout was a leadoff hitter for the Angels in some games. Right. Which right. blew my mind. Because... Well, it, it just doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? It, it just doesn't. I mean, the Cubs haven't had a leadoff hitter. They didn't have one last season. Nope. They used it by committee. And guys like Rizzo is a leadoff. Give me a break. I mean, yeah. the guys well, even Schwarber six five. Six, I think six, Schwarber was a leadoff. Yeah, yeah. Just, I think it's like some right-handed hitters once in a while. Doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Um, you know, there's just the small ball aspect of the game has has gone away, and it just I don't know. I just yeah. don't like it at all. Um, but that's, that's goofy. What, what the heck? I had one more thing that I was trying to find. Oh, 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 that's what it was. So they're seeing another trend for opening pitchers. Mm -hmm. So I guess the D-Rays did this 14 times last year. Well, what they did is they put a, they put an opener in, had him pitch one time through the rotation and then went to the true starter. And what they're doing by doing this is they feel that they can mix up enough. They don't need late game pitchers. Yeah. It allows the starting pitcher come in in the second, third inning mm-hmm. and get his groove and he can make it, which is now eliminating the use of closers. The closer ratio is way down. Yeah. And I think that's what's hurting Kimbrell right now is not as many people are, are you, I mean, you look at, I mean, 
there's just not as there was not nowhere near as many appearances by uh, closers last year as there were in years past, and it actually is a trend. So again, looking at trends, it's interesting to see the game evolving and changing. So yeah, I I, I wish I remember who the starter was, but I want to say I want to say it might have been Strasburg, but um, there were there was a lot of discussions on how um, when it came to pitching that. There was one team, and I want to say it was the Nationals. I want to say it was Strasburg. Nope, I lied. It was Baumgartner okay. uh, with the Giants. Yep. They were talking about just having uh, their opening day starter pitch three innings and then take it out and let the relief carry the rest Correct. of it. Correct. And Strauss and or Baumgartner, uh, I guess he was saying that if they did that, he'd leave as soon as they took him out. <laughs> they just didn't want to do it. I mean, and I think what it comes down to it, and you you could probably tell me what, uh, what this is, but um, a starter has to pitch a certain amount of innings to a count for that win, correct? Like, they had to play, like, five, like, four and a quarter or five, like, innings or something well, like that. Well, yeah, because when you look at how you're paid in contract, yeah. it's about quality starts, mm-hmm. quality innings, and to get a quality start, you have to p- pitch six innings. So if you think about that, now he's got to go. If he doesn't come in, to, or if he's only getting three innings, he's not getting, he's got a chance of not getting the win, yep. right? It just skews all of your stats, yeah. So again, with baseball being a stat-driven game, yep. it just changes the way everybody views mm-hmm. it. So I, I don't know, but if we start looking at the war, you know how they have the the new analytics in baseball mm-hmm. and how they're breaking it down. Maybe if we're using that, maybe there's a different way they can view it and be paid from that. But again, I I, I understand why Baumgartner feels that way. Yeah. But again, I thought you were there to, to win games, not worrying about. Well, yeah, and if you end you up know. if you end up making a decision to where you say, hey, from now on, our starters are only pitching three innings a game. Excuse me, and that's it. How do you account for their contracts and stuff when it comes up to that? It's like, Absolutely. listen, like you know, I would love to give you thirty four million dollars a year as my you know my my ace, but you really only pitch three game you know three right. innings a game. 20, 30 games out of the year. So, I mean, like, you know, how do you, you know, justify that? Absolutely. And I think that's going to be a huge hit when it comes to especially starters. And, and I, I guess it all falls on the union and what they decide, too. But I also uh, was uh, reading about the um, one of the rule changes where they say, like, when you bring a relief player in, he has to pitch to three uh, hitters, regardless right. of, you know, because, I mean, obviously, like, do people do pitch hitting and stuff like that. But regardless, you know, if it's a lefty on lefty, righty on righty, whatever it is, or lefty on righty, that relief pitcher has to pitch to three uh, hitters. Right. What's your thoughts on that? I I I I don't I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. It's one of those things because strategy again is such a big part of baseball, and if you take away too much of the strategy, mm-hmm. it becomes just a blah game, yeah. right? I mean, I get the I get the time around the mound, but this would be I don't know that would be an interesting. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people like you know especially like when they like pitch hand like a righty for a lefty to get the advantage right. against right handed pitcher. For now, they're saying that you know that team can't go and get a left hander out of the bullpen unless that right hander pitches to three people, which I thought was kind of yeah. I, I'm not a fan, not yeah. a fan there. So um, anything else in uh, your no. your biography? No, here? no, no. I'm all done with my yeah. notes. So yeah, it just it just so everyone can see what I'm seeing real quick here. Um, <laughs> my, my uncle walks in here, tells me how he's not really prepared for this, and he brings out a fucking booklet. <laughs> Of notes and information and stuff as I sit here with a half a sheet of loose leaf legal paper. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny is I, I get I, I finally just threw away all seventeen years of coaching. I actually still had all of my lineup cards. Really? And and I had all of the cards from the opposite team. So I had a, I had a certain way of marking how every person hit and how we wanted to pitch against them, and I, I had all of those, and I just finally burned them all. I threw them all away. So it's kind of funny. I'm I'm one of those. I say I'm not prepared, but you know, I guess baseball. Whether you're talking about it, yeah. or coaching it, or playing it, you should always be prepared. Absolutely. So I guess I. Yeah, I, <laughs> I get you. Um, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into since uh, we're kind of wrapping up here on baseball. Yep. Which thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I, I appreciate I enjoyed it. it. Um, I'm gonna let you participate in um my final segment of the show, and it's just it's basically what you are freaking thinking. Um, so, you know, just, uh, why don't you go and tell everyone, like, you know, just, it doesn't have to be baseball, it could be whatever. What's on your mind right now? What are you freaking thinking about? What am I freaking thinking about? What are you about? freaking thinking about? No freaking collusion, baby. <laughs> no freaking collusion. Right? 
America's on track and I'm a happy guy right mm -hmm. now. I don't care what your political view is. I know you don't give a shit about what mine is, but I tell you what, the country is headed in the right direction, people. Get behind your president, whether you like him or not. Yeah. We stood behind Obama, even though I didn't I didn't vote for him. I still wanted him to be successful, guys. Yeah. You know, um, let's just let's just keep this country on track. Let's keep civility in place and let's let's try to do some good. All right. Just look at your neighbor, whether you hate him or not, and try to do some good with it. Right. Yeah. I think it'll be a better place. That's all. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I'm saying, no, you, you got you got to back your nation no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's America first. The president comes second, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, it's all about us first. Exactly. So That's deep. That was uh, deep. That's what I'm freaking thinking, though, yeah. all the time. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were freaking thinking about your six-week trip you're about to go on or something like that. Or, God. you know, the fact that you wish you had, like, a bush light or whatever is how you drink. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, well, what I'm freaking thinking about, and I'm really excited about it, because um, I mentioned on the show over the last couple of weeks, um, I finally got my um, my podcast store open. So I finally have merchandise for nice. the podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited for it, uh, both for this freaking show and also for uh, Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW podcast I do. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find it, uh, go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Just search TFS. That's for this freaking show. It's going to bring you all the shirts and all the merchandise I have there. Uh, I'm really excited that I was able to do this. Uh, I've been doing this podcast for about three years now. Obviously, we started out with three guys here, me, Colin, and Joe. Now it's just me, and I, you know, I'm fine with it. I love it. And uh, we're just we're keep moving forward and everything. I'm moving forward because of people like you, because of guests like my Uncle Andy and yeah. all the other guests I've had on the show. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I know a couple people were mentioning, you know, like, where do I find a shirt? How do I get a shirt? Well, now I finally have shirts, and all I got to do is go to tpublic.com, search TFS, this freaking show, TFS. That's all I got to do. Click on it. You can check, pick your size, pick your color. Um, it's not only T-shirts. There's coffee mugs. There's uh, phone cases. There's laptop bags. Uh, there's tank tops, hoodies, sweatshirts, fleece blankets. There's posters. I mean, anything uh, is on there. Uh, different Different uh, designs and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for that. It's a step yeah, up. Yeah, you showed them to me earlier, yeah. and I thought it was awesome. And the biggest thing is, guys, uh, very affordable pricing-wise, too. Yeah. I thought it was pretty affordable. Right, so yeah. And pretty it, cool. And it's such a – and T-Public's been around for so long. So, I mean, they're, they're very trustworthy. Um, so go and check them out. Like I said, tpublic.com. Search TFS. Easiest way to find a TFS. Represent, <laughs> man. Represent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was so happy when I got my first ever This Freaking Show t-shirt. It just killed me. I was like, well, how do I get more people? You know, how do I get these shirts out to people and stuff like right. that? And I found the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you check it out again. tpublic.com. Search TFS. If you're not already, make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at This Freaking Show. Let your friends know about the podcast if they haven't had an opportunity to listen to it yet and you think they're going to enjoy it. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You just got to search this freaking show. Um, and that's all I got. Uh, again, Uncle Andy, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed I, uh, it. I, oh, this was a blast. First time talking in front of a mic. I was nervous as hell. And right? Look at this. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get you back on towards the end of the year when the playoffs come around. Yeah, so we can talk yeah. a little bit more about how the year happened. How, how my picks were better? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Geez, yeah. <laughs> my ass. <laughs> as always, I am Travis T. And thank you for listening to another episode of This Freaking Show. I'm out. <laughs>